Hey guys, how are you doing? Happy Sabbath, brother and sister. It's another Sabbath and I'm, it is a joy of mine to be able to come in front of you and share the word of God. And I pray that God would speak to your heart as he has spoken to my heart and that we would be fortified, that we would be strengthened by the word of God. I've been doing some reading lately and I've just been looking at the impact of COVID-19 after COVID-19. So I came across a very interesting article. And in this article, the writer says that after COVID-19, two groups are going to emerge from the church. In fact, they're being forged at this very moment. One group will remain an online worshiper. Another group is going to go back to church to gather in church. Now there are benefits to being an online worshiper because when you're an online worshiper you're in the comfort of your home. You can watch the live stream or the worship service anytime that you like and you avoid crowds. And so experts are saying because of this some people will be like you know what I don't want to go back to church. I'd rather stick around and just Worship at home, you know, anyway, it's not about a building, it's about your heart, it's about where you are with God. Now, experts are saying another group that's going to come out are those people who are going to be like, you know what, I've had it with my house, it's been too difficult, I'm tired of looking at my four walls, I want to go back to church and interact with other people. And they're going to be motivated by this idea of fellowship friendship and relationship they're going to be motivated to interact to engage and to invest themselves in 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 community because being at home is 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 so difficult now the disadvantage to worshiping online is that yes you can you are comfortable you are in your home but the problem is the engagement is less. In fact, experts are saying that right now, uh, giving and, and tithes and offering have actually gone down. In fact, some ministries and, and churches have had to close, uh, to, or not close, but to, to kind of pause their operations because money is low. And so online people, yes, attend, but engagement is very little. And here's something I want, I want to say that, yes, the views may be high, but the real issue is not about how many views you have. The issue is how many people engage with you. That's the key. Now, for those who will choose to go back to the regular worship at church and pastors preaching and they sit in the pew, uh, they're going to enjoy, yes, fellowship. But the, the drawback of that will be maybe they may catch a disease. Right. And the question I want to ask you this morning is this. What are you? Are you going to be the one who's going to stay at home or are you going to be, be the one to go back to church? But here is the point. Whether you're going to stay at home, whether you're going to go back to church, the situation is that we're in a new normal and we can't deny that. COVID-19 has truly been a game changer in how we do things. We can't go back to the same way of doing things. We really have to change and to transform. And so what I want to do for the next couple of weeks, six of them to be exact, is I want to bring you a new series. I'm calling it The New Normal. The New Normal. For me, the issue is not the new normal. 
It's not the environment. It's not the situation. It's not what's going on. The issue is your responsibility. Your responsibility to the new normal in which you find yourself in. And I know that somebody here is listening to me and you are in a new normal right now. You're facing a different situation right now. You're in a struggle right now. The issue is not what you are facing. The issue is how you face it. Your response. Ability. And so if you stick with me for the next uh, six weeks, I'm going to help you step by step to figure out how your responsibility can be equipped and it can be sharpened and it can be retooled for you to deal with the new normals that you have to deal with in your life and also the new normal we're dealing with in COVID-19. Flip your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 34. And verse number 30. Genesis chapter 34 and verse number 30. <clears throat> the word of God says in Genesis 34 verse number 30. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi. Listen to what Jacob said. You have troubled me by making me obnoxious or stinky like a skunk. Among the inhabitants of the land, among, check this, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Perizzites, like a pesticide or a pest, I don't know. And since I am few in number, notice this, since I'm few in number, they will gather themselves, the Perizzites and the Canaanites, together against me and kill me. The, the brother is thinking about himself. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. Now, this question in verse number 30, uh, 31, or the response from Simeon and Levi, is really what caught my attention. And I want you to pay attention to what Simeon and Levi say to their father, Jacob. <laughs> their father, Jacob. Check this. Should he treat our sister like a harlot? Should he treat our sister like a prostitute? Should he, Shechem, treat our sister like a, a, a plaything? Jacob doesn't say anything. And the next words we hear are from God. Notice what God says to Jacob. Jacob said, I mean, God says to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there. Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there. Not here, go there. The Bible continues to say, And make an altar there. To God. Don't make an altar here. Make an altar there. Oh, I'm going to enjoy that later on in the sermon. To God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. When you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. That's what I want to tell you this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. May your name be praised and may it be glorified. In the awesome and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Trouble trail, trailed Jacob. Every place he went, there was a trouble. Uh, to be fair... Trouble trailed Jacob because of his own doing. He had a character flaw. His character flaw was 
deception. He loved to cheat people from what was rightfully theirs. One day he makes a plan with the help of his mother and he puts on him goat skins. He changes his clothes and he dresses up like Esau, his brother, and he goes in front of his father, gives his father venison or wild meat to eat. And he eats this meat and after eating this meat and being satisfied, he blessed Jacob, not Esau, with the birthright. In other words, he blessed him with the privilege to get the first dibs on what was his father's. Esau discovers the plan and he becomes hot and he becomes upset and his blood boils and he desired to choke the life out of his younger brother, Jacob, the deceiver. Jacob had only one option, and that option was to take off and run away. And so Jacob bolted and he left. In fact, his mother told him, you better go because if you don't go, you're going to die. And so he took off and he ran and he ran and he ran and he ran. And he ran until he came to the place he could run no more. And there, because of tiredness, he laid on the ground, on the cold ground. He had a, a, a stone for a pillow and he slept. And there, while sleeping, he saw a vision from heaven. And there, the vision was of angels uh, going up and down a ladder. The angels descended up and down the ladder. In this vision, in this dream of the night, uh, God reignited, repositioned, and refocused Jacob. You see, Jacob's trouble was because of choices, not circumstances. And I'm talking to somebody here who has made choices. And because of those choices, you are in a circumstance that is difficult, that is hard. It has made you to run away from a particular situation and you have entered a new normal and you are a runaway. You can't face that situation because you know if you face the situation, you are going to meet death and destruction and it's not just going to be a good situation. And so you have taken off. Listen to me, my friend, and listen to me very well. The choices you make determine the destiny you arrive at. The choices you make will shape your life either for good or for bad. The choices you make will either elevate you or will, will de devalue you. And somebody here understands what I'm talking about. It is because of the choices you have made that is why you are in the relationship in which you are in. The choices you have made have put you in a certain position at a job. The choice you have, put you, you have made have put you at a certain situation with your own family. The choices you make will catapult you either into a good new normal or they'll catapult you into a bad new normal. 
And so because he felt recharged and repositioned and refocused, Jacob vowed to God. And this is what Jacob vowed to God in Genesis chapter 28 verses 20 to 22. This is what Jacob said. He said to, to God, a vow to God. Now a vow is a, is a promise that you make to someone with the intention of not breaking it. That is why people who get married, when they go on the altar, they vow they say in sickness or in health for better or for worse I will be with you that is a vow <laughs> that is a vow brothers and sisters and so here Jacob makes a vow to God and this is a vow he makes to God if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing uh, clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace then the Lord shall be my God and his stone and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me I will surely give you a tenth. In short, Jacob says, God, I'm going to fulfill my vow. I'm going to come back to the spot and keep my word. The experience that Jacob had right here is what he called Beth-El. Beth-El, meaning the house of God. So Jacob, after the vow, he traveled 700 kilometers uh, to Padan Aram, his mother's home place, his mother's birthplace. That's where Rebekah came from. And there Jacob drank the pill of deception. His uncle promised him a wife. He said, Jacob, if you work for me for seven years, my daughter, Rachel, the beautiful one, is going to be yours. And Jacob said, Uncle, are you, are you for real? I'm, I'm for real, nephew. If you work for me for seven years, I'm going to give you a wife. Jacob toiled for this beautiful sister. <laughs> Man, you got to work for her. He toiled for her and he put in the effort and he put in the energy. And after seven years, there was a wedding celebration. In fact, he sent out all the invitations to the surrounding people. Today is the day I'm going to marry my wife, Rachel. I have worked for her for seven years, but it only felt like seven minutes. And there on the wedding night, they celebrate and they, they do the do of a wedding night. If you understand what I'm talking about. They, they consummate the marriage and, 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 and there they spend a night together. And when Jacob wakes up in the morning, he doesn't see. Rachel cooking him breakfast he sees Leah cooking him breakfast and he's like uh, uncle there's something wrong here and he goes to his uncle and says uncle you cheated me and he says look uh, uh, nephew the real, the real situation is we cannot allow the, the, the younger one to go before the older one well uncle why didn't you tell me that well if I told you that you're not going to work and his uncle also cheated him with his own payment and he spent seven 21 years working for his uncle the choice to cheat his brother he had to eat the same <laughs> the same pill that he had given to his brother and so after 21 years Jacob said it's time to go he packed up his bags 
told his family, we got to go. He took everything that was his and he came back to his homeland. And he arrived in Shechem. The Bible says uh, when, when Jacob arrives in, in Shechem in Genesis 33 verse 18, the word of God says, Jacob came safely to Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padan Aram. And he pitched his tent before the city. Jacob arrived safely. In fact, the word for safely is what we get the word for peace in Hebrew. This is the word uh, uh, shalom. Here we, we, we greet each other here in Indonesia. We say, we say shalom. That, that, that was peace. Uh, for the first time, Jacob's trouble, his life of trouble was behind him. He could now settle in to a life of peace. He could now be in a place where there was not trouble there was tranquility there was not distress there was just a peace and, and calm and so here Shechem was the best spot it was the best situation for him to settle down finally his dream to be the father he could be was realized finally his dream to be his own man was realized finally his dream to not be under the thumb of his uncle Laban was realized Finally, his dream not to be a fugitive of Esau was realized. This was now the, the life that he wanted. And I see myself in the experience of Jacob. I don't know about you. We crave for normalcy. We want things to settle down. We want to be at a place where we are, we are, our careers are going good. We want to be at a place where the kids are doing good. We want to be at a place where we are succeeding. We, we, we like that. That, that is normal you know we are told go to school go to high school for a certain number of years go to college then after college get married after you get married get kids after you get kids get more kids after you get more kids get grandkids after you get grandkids get grand grandkids after you get grand grandkids you get more grand grandkids because that is normal and that's what we want and I'm talking to people who are listening to me right now that they want a normal life you want to be able to go to work and come back and see your family you want to be able to go out and and exercise and eat you want to be able to do those things and here we see David he is craving for normalcy he is craving for what is right I need you to understand something you see Shechem was situated between the famed Mount Ebal to the north and the famed Mount Gerizim to the south. Shechem was located in a valley between two great mountains. At Shechem intersected roads leading to the north and leading to the south. Roads leading to, uh, to the west and roads leading to the east here Jacob could trade with the best businessman and so this was a good business decision not just for his own family he had flocks he had herds and he wanted to make sure that he settled nicely and 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 so Shechem represented the best possible situation and here I love it Jacob the Bible says that he pitched his tent in front of the city he bought a piece of land and he built an altar to God. Jacob had a praise session. God, you brought me back. 
You kept me safe from Esau's situation. You have allowed me to escape my uncle Laban. I'm now back. God, you have been good. And so he had a praise session. In fact, his whole family came together. They took a goat and they cut his throat and they burnt it there on the fire. And, and, and the aroma of the, the, the sacrifice went up to God. So he thought, he went up to God, and, and there he said, yeah, God, this is the place that I'm going to be at. His family was there, his church was there, everything was good, everything were, was normal. You see, Jacob traveled on the road most traveled. Somebody said, if you are different from the flock, they will bite you. This is why you and me, we, we crave for normalcy. Because if you do something strange, that's not normal. People are going to be like, hey, listen, uh, no, nah, that's not the right thing. Why are you not married right now? Um, why don't you have a job? Because that is the normal thing to do. You know what I mean? P people expect us to live a certain way. So it, it is difficult for us to do the abnormal, th abnormal thing. Uh, we want to be like everyone else. We, we function by a flock mentality. But was Shechem the best place for Jacob? Was it the place he needed to be? Is, was it what God envisioned for him? Was it, was it the right place? And I ask you a question. Is the job in which you are in the right job? Is that relationship the right relationship? Are you at the right stage in your career? Are you doing the right thing that God wants you to do? These are the questions that I want you to ask yourself. Because oftentimes we, we cling to normalcy. But that normalcy is not normalcy in the eyes of God. It is actually abnormalcy. It is actually not the right thing. And so here the man Jacob settles down. But is it the place he's supposed to settle down? And so after he settles down, his only daughter, Dina, decided to go out and see the daughters of the land. He, he, she decided to go and hang out. She decided to go have a good time with the daughters of, of the land. And, and check this. Rebecca, this, is, this really flabbergasted me. Rebecca said this about the daughters of the land. Check this. She said this about the daughters of the land in Genesis 20, 27 verse 46. She says, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will be to me? What good will my life be to me? You see, Rebecca cried because Esau married the daughters of the land. Just to give you perspective, the daughters of the land, they would sacrifice their babies at the altar of their gods. You see, the daughters of the land were the crowd that clouds morality, that cloud clouds dignity it is the kind of people that they are not the kind of people you should be associating with and so dinner took a step to hang out but she was hanging out she went to see the daughters of the land but while trying to see the daughters of the land Shechem the prince of the land saw her he took her he raped her now <laughs> she just wanted to hang out but hanging out ended up being an incident of rape in her life. She humiliated. Her dignity taken away. Her sense of self-worth taken away. 
and there she is in this new situation now yes she has come into she's the new kid on the block but now she's been raped by this man who is the who's a big guy in the city and now she's in a new normal that she she made a choice to hang out and that put her in a situation that mm, wasn't good and, and check this this really flabbergasted me shechem says to her in verse number four he says uh i love you you know um uh, um Actually, I want to marry you. Now, now, think about that. I want to marry you. You want to marry me. You have just raped me. Now, now, I want you to understand something that in the time of Jacob, some people became what, call, what, what I can call strategic rapists. Strategic rapists, what they did was they identified a girl that they liked. They're like, oh, man, she's cute. She's sweet. No, I, yeah, I, I like her. She looks good. She is fine. Like why? So they knew that her family would never make a match because in those days they didn't go on Tinder. They didn't date like we do. They didn't ask girls out and, hey, let's go out to the movie. No, they didn't do that. It was a mother. It was father's. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was parents who arranged their, their, their marriages. And so these strategic rapists realized, you know what, I want that girl. So what they would do is they would, they would, they would hide in a, in a place where if she's alone, they would get her, rape her. And because they had raped her, there was no choice. But she had to marry him because she was like spoiled goods. And so uh, Shechem was really a strategic rapist. He saw dinner. He says, I like her. Her father is never going to see me nor make a marriage for me. And therefore, I just need to take what's mine. And, and you know what? Hey, hey. Let the chips fall where they may. And so here we have this particular situation. And so Shechem goes to his father and he says, Daddy, look, I love dinner and I want to marry her. Look, make it happen. And so Shechem and Hamor, his father, the father of the rapist and the rapist, they go to Jacob. Jacob has just gotten the news. Before they come to his home, he has just gotten the news that my daughter has been raped. Her dignity has been taken away. And there, there are these two men now coming to his door. And, and, and they tell Jacob, uh, Jacob, we, uh, we, we want your daughter to be my son's wife. I mean, he loves her. Uh, he loves her? So he raped her? Now, they're there at the house. The sons of Jacob, they're at work, doing their thing. And as they're coming back from work, they get the news. They're on the way to home, but they get the news that their sister has been raped. In fact, somebody came to them. I just imagined like this. Hey, yo, uh, guys, listen, listen. The news, the news of the town is that Dinah has been raped. She's been raped by Shechem. You know, Shechem, that, that, that big brother. And so they get the news before they get home. And when they get home, they find, they find Shechem and Hamor in front of Jacob making a transaction so that they can, you know, get their sister. And check this. Dinah was at Shechem's house because she had already become his wife. They just needed her to pay the, the, the bride price. And so she's already at the house and the brothers are there. So they are just in a situation they didn't expect. And, 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 and Shechem and Hamor negotiate the terms. And they'd be like, they told, um, they told uh, the family, they said, look, um, listen, marry, give us your daughter. 
because by giving us your daughter, we're going to give you business permits. We're going to give you work permits. You know, you have citizenship, you know, and in fact, we're going to build a strong alliance. Your people can be our people. We're going to be one. And Shechem didn't care about that. He just simply said, look, I want you, I want you to give me your daughter because I love her. In fact, name your price. And if you simply name your price, I'm going to pay it, whatever it is. And so here they're negotiating the bride price. And this is the brother's response. This is what they say to Shechem and Hamor, his father. This is what they say. We only have one condition. You have to be circumcised if you want to marry our sister. Uh, you want us to be circumcised? Yeah, you just need to be circumcised. That's all. And so when Shechem and Hamor hear this, they, you know, they, they percolated. They stood up and said, oh, okay, all right. Ah, oh, man, this is, this is not just a little pain. I mean, we have to be circumcised. We will lose a little flesh. <laughs> you know what I mean? But hey, no pain, no gain. And so they agreed to terms and they walked out. And they were smiling and, and, and hey, their swag was up. And so they go to the men of the city and they call a, a council meeting. And there they called a council meeting. All the big shots in the city that came together. And there Hamor speaks up. He says, look, that guy Jacob and his family, they are good people. In fact, what they want from us is peace. I mean, look, I've already sold them my land. And they are ready to give us their, their daughter. Now, now, now you see, you know, Shechem, this crazy boy of mine, you know, he, he's a crazy guy. You know, he, he went up and he, you know, had a little fling with dinner and, um, and he comes back to me and he tells me that he loves her and I'm really shocked. I mean, he's ready to settle down. I mean, after all these years, you know, he's ready to settle down. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing, but I, we just need your help to make it happen. And the only way you can make it happen is this, just go through a surgical operation, just lose a little skin, a little pain, but it's going to be a lot of gain because these guys are rich and they are loaded. And so the men of the city agreed to be circumcised. It's cool. They did it. And so they were circumcised. And after three days, the text says, Shechem, the text says, Simeon and Levi came in front, came into the city boldly and annihilated every single male in the city. I'm talking about killed every single male in the city. Because, you know, when you are circumcised, you know, you are pretty much uh, can't really do anything. You're in pain. And so they killed everybody. And Shechem took their, 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 their sister by force. They went and recovered their sister by force. They took everything that they owned and they took their wives and children. The scene horrified Jacob. He couldn't believe that his sons had done this. And here is what Jacob says to his sons in Genesis 34, verse number 30. I read this text. Jacob says to Simeon, you have made me obnoxious. You have made me obnoxious uh, in front of the Canaanites and the Perizzites. They're going to gather together and they're going to kill me. They're going to destroy me and my whole family. How could you do this? 
Once again, he just wanted peace. He just wanted to relax. But trouble comes knocking at his door again. And he is now not a peaceful man. He is a man in pieces. And notice what the brothers responded to their dad. This is what they said to their dad. Should our sister be a harlot? Dad, are you telling us that you want, you, you want peace at the expense of your daughter's dignity? Are you telling us that you want to settle down? And that our sister should be used like an animal? Are you telling us that you want a normal situation out of that? Dad, you, you cannot be serious. Uh, check this. Dave, Jacob was willing to negotiate a bright price for his daughter because he wanted a normal life. And you know that something is wrong when you're willing to do what is wrong in order for you to have peace. And some of us are just like that. We want it to be so normal, so bad, that we're willing to do whatever it takes. We're willing to do whatever so that we can have this, this normalcy. But I want you to understand, brother and sister, that normalcy is not found in settling. It's found in moving with God to your destination. In other words, don't settle, rather stay on the saddle to keep moving with God. You are not to settle, brother and sister. You are to keep moving with God. And because Jacob settled in Shechem, trouble still followed him. He was not yet at the destination in which God had called him to be. I need you to understand, you see, Gojeks exist to move. You see, a Gojek transports passengers and it delivers packages. As long as a Gojek is transporting passengers and as long as a Gojek is delivering products, the Gojek is doing its function. But when a Gojek driver parks his uh, Gojek and he's not moving, that Gojek is not fulfilling the purpose in which it was created to exist. My brother and sister, we are Gojeks for God. We should go in the direction in which God has ordered us to go we should move in the to the address that God has called us to move you see no mercy is not found in settling down no mercy is found in moving with God to the place that he has called you to be and Lord knows I'm talking to somebody here who has stopped moving who has stagnated and is not moving with God and that is why you are frustrated that is why things are not working out that is why you are not happy that is why you are sad that is why you're always irritable that is why you are never agreeable that is why you are you are feel like you're humiliated because you are not at the place where you're supposed to be you are somewhere but you are not there you are you are you are at a place but you are not the precise location you are not at the place where God has chosen and as long as you stay at the place which God has called you not to be as long as you settle at the place where God hasn't asked you to settle you are going to stress and you're going to struggle and so here Jacob settled in a place in which he wasn't supposed to be you see he dwelled there in Shechem he dwelled there in Shechem he dwelled there in Shechem but he wasn't at the right place that he was supposed to be and I want you to see something that is interesting in this particular uh, story that you should not uh, lose sight of you see when his sons killed the men of Shechem, and they, 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 the father tells them, hey, why did you guys do this? And they respond, they, they respond, they say, should our sister be treated like a harlot? You see, for me, I see the providence of God right here. 
Now, you might be like, wait a minute, pastor. Uh, are you telling me that providence is killing a whole city? Providence is, is a, a girl getting raped? Providence is, is deception from Jacob's sons? I, I'm not saying that God is the one who sanctioned them uh, to deceive. I'm not saying God is the one who sanctioned Shechem to, uh, to, to, to rape Dina. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that God used the situation to accomplish his purpose. You see, God can leverage a bad situation and bring out a good situation. You see, we need to understand that God is not a Ferris wheel in our lives. He's not always going to be a Ferris wheel in our lives. Sometimes God is going to be a roller coaster. Things are not always going to be smooth and nice. Things are going to be sometimes rough and difficult. Because sometimes it is in the difficult moments that God is able to accomplish his will and his providence. Providence is not always pretty. It is ugly. And this is the thing I need you to understand. You see, had this marriage happened, had Shechem and Dinah become wedded, the nation of Israel was going to disappear and dissolve because they would have lost their identity and they would have lost their 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 destiny they would have lost their purpose there would have been people without a mission there would have been a ship without a captain there would have been a plane without a pilot there would have been a car without a driver and so god had to allow dinner to be raped god had to allow the deception to happen god would allow people to be killed so that he could rescue his own family this family that was supposed to see Jesus to be born in he had to rescue his family and say you know what I'm not going to allow the choice of Jacob to hinder my mission and my purpose and I want you to understand brother and sister it is the grace of God that even when you make mistakes even when you forget his purpose that he will do things in your life to bring you to the place that you're supposed to be anyway there are going to be bruises and bumps along the way but it is better to be bruised and bumped along the way than to be crippled in a place that you're not supposed to be in brother and sister get up brother and sister get moving brother and sister do not settle if you must quit quit if you must break up break up if you must end end if you must do something to change the situation do it because if you remain you're gonna lose it yourself and so brother and sister God is the one who often will tell us will tell us keep moving and get going you see after after this situation and the question is left hanging will our sister be a harlot uh, will our sister be a prostitute will our sister be a plaything god speaks up and he speaks to to jacob and he tells jacob he tells jacob jacob arise and go to bethel and dwell there and make there an altar to god who appeared to you when you fled from the face of esau your brother you see, Jacob craved for normalcy, but he forgot his journey with God. He was attracted by a beautiful city. He was attracted by a good business opportunity. He was attracted by being his own man and that he forgot that the journey was not over. He was supposed to continue to go on to Bethel. You see, what might be attractive is not always effective. Ooh, I need to say that again. 
what might be attractive is not always effective. What was Jacob going to accomplish in, in Shechem? He was going to be a good businessman, no doubt. His family was going to prosper. He was going to balloon his uh, business portfolio. He was going to meet traders from, from other places. He was going to do that. But that wasn't going to make him effective to teach them about God. Because he was going to be lost in the life of Shechem. The last time that a man uh, stayed in a city, uh, the last time that a man we know as lost stayed in a city, he lost his whole family. Uh, in fact, his, his own daughters slept with him. You see, brother and sister, I want you to understand, where you want to be may be attractive, but if it's not where God has called you, you're not going to be effective. And so I would rather be effective than be in a place that is attractive. And some of us, we like what is attractive over what is effective. But we need to learn that if we are to keep moving with God, we need to choose what is effective. And what is effective is going on the journey that God has called us to go on. So are you going to choose what is attractive or are you going to choose what is effective? You see, what's, what staggered my mind is that Jacob only needed 47 kilometers. Forgive me, he only needed 55 kilometers to get to Bethel. But yet, he stopped by in Shechem. Only 55. I'm talking to somebody here who has only 55 kilometers to go you only have 55 kilometers to achieve God's dream for your life. You only have 55 kilometers to get that relationship. Keep going. You only have 55 kilometers to get that good job. Keep going. You only have 55 kilometers to get that health. Keep going. Don't stop in Shechem. Go all the way to Bethel. You see, in Bethel, there was no beautiful city. There was no gate. There were no business attractions. But in Bethel, there was the house of God. In Bethel, there was a place for God. You see, Jacob set up an, an altar in Shechem. Yes, he worshipped God in Shechem. Yes, he went to church in Shechem. But that didn't mean that God was in Shechem. Brother and sister, hear me today, and I declare it based upon the authority of God's word. Just because you put the name Jesus, doesn't make Jesus come. Just because you say in Jesus' name, doesn't make it in Jesus' name. Just because you say that, I'm going to de de dedicate this to God, it doesn't mean that God takes it as a dedication. Because if it's not the place that you're supposed to be, you are not in the right place. And God will always tell you, my brother and sister, my son and my daughter, my child, we need to go. Because you're not at the right place, you need to go. You see, Jacob said to God when he was fleeing his brother, if God is going to bring me back to this place, I'm going to call him my God. I'm going to uh, give a 10% of my possessions. I'm going to honor him. Now Jacob had come back from his uncle with a lot of sheep, a lot of goats, a lot of cattle. He was a rich man. You see, Jacob was the kind of guy who tells God, I heard a story. He says, God, if you let me catch a big fish, the first fish that I catch, 
I'm going to give it to you as an honor and as a gift to you. So this man catches the fish out of the water, and it was a big fish. And then he started to think again, you know what? This fish can feed my family. You know what? I can sell this fish and give money to the church. As he was thinking, the fish jumped back into the water. You see, some of us, we, we, we love the, the gifts of God, but we, yet we don't honor the giver. You see, when the sons asked Jacob the question, should our sister be a prostitute? It was really a question for Jacob to think about. Because by him staying in Shechem, he was prostituting God. In other words, he wanted to enjoy the blessings of God. He wanted to enjoy the goodness of God without fulfilling the vow of God. And Lord knows I'm talking to brothers and sisters here who love the gifts of God. We want him to bless our family. We want him to give us a good job. We want him to give us good health. But yet we don't give him the honor that he deserves. We don't fulfill our words to him. We don't do what we have said we're going to do to him. So by staying in Shechem, by not moving and going on, Jacob was prostituting God. He wasn't fulfilling his vow. And my brother and sister, when you stagnate, you're regressing, not progressing. When you stagnate, you are not honoring God. You're simply wanting to enjoy the good things that God has given you, but you're not willing to honor him by what he has given you. And so if we had to keep moving, if we, if we keep moving, when we keep moving, we honor God. And so I have a question this afternoon for each and every one of us. Are you in Shechem or are you in Bethel? Are you in Shechem or are you in Bethel? You see, Shechem means shoulder. And many of us, we like shoulders. Ladies, you like to lean on the shoulder of your wife. <laughs> I mean, on your shoulder of your husband. Uh, you like to lean on, on his shoulder, that, that big bro shoulder. That's human support. And, and so uh, Jacob was, uh, was leaning on, on, a, on, a human, on, a, on a on a human city. He was leaning on a human plan. He was leaning on a human and normal situation. But yet in, in, in Shechem, there was a problem because Shechem was not the place that he needed to be. It was a place that was taking him off the path. But you see, Bethel means the house of God. That is, at, that is at the place where you find God. That is at the place where you meet God. That is at the place where it might not be attractive, but it is effective. And you need to ask yourself this question. Are you stuck in Shechem, a, an attractive place? Or are you in Bethel, an effective place? Are you moving where you're supposed to move, or have you stagnated? You see, if we are to respond to a new normal, we need to make sure that we are moving with God. And as we are moving with God, then we'll make sure that we, we, we handle the new normal in the correct way. Because Jacob stopped, his daughter was, ra was raped. Because Jacob stopped, his sons acted like him, and they deceived a whole, a whole nation. Because Jacob stopped, a whole nation was killed. When you stop, you not only injure yourself, you injure those around you. But when you keep going, you go to the place that God has called you to go. So I ask you again this afternoon, are you at Shechem or are you in Bethel?
Have you stopped? Or are you moving? Perhaps somebody here needs to, to start the journey again. You've been in Shechem too long. It's time to get up and go. You've been in a place that you're not, you're not supposed to be in for too long. It's time to go. Get up. It's only 55 kilometers to go to the destination that God has called you to go. It, it's, it's not too far. Get up, my friend. It may be hard to get up because you've already bought a piece of land there. You've already set, set, settled there. But my friend, don't worry. Because when you go to Bethel, you're going to meet God. You're going to be in the place where God has called you to be and you're going to be happy there. In Bethel, you're going to be effective and you're going to be happy. I want to be in Bethel this morning. I want to keep moving this morning. Will you join me? Will you join me? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to keep moving. Jacob stopped and he struggled. But Father, we want to keep moving. We want to keep going because you have called us. And you want us to go to a specific place and a specific location. Take us, Father, to Bethel. Remove us from Shechem because Shechem is not the place we're supposed to be. I pray, Heavenly Father, for a sister and a brother who needs to get up and go. I ask you, Father, that you strengthen them to get up and go. I want to pray for a brother and a sister who is on the journey. It's only 55 kilometers. Please, Lord, hold them and strengthen them in their journey so that they can get there. And, Father, somebody is in Bethel. And in Bethel, there are no beautiful places, no beautiful cities. And they can feel like, Lord, why here? Why now? But, Father, I want to pray that you would strengthen them. That they are in the right place. They are in the right job. They are in the right family. They are in the right relationship. Father, they may stay there because as long as they are with you there, they're going to prosper and accomplish great and awesome things. Lord, I want to thank you for your love. I want to thank you for your care, for reminding us this morning that we need to keep moving. We need to keep going because when we do that, we're on the right path. And in this pandemic, Father, teach us how to go. Keep us on the right path and keep us moving. Thank you, God, for your love and your care. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.